Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're discussing Hitman. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First up we have Trevor. What's going on? And last but not least we have the homie Greg. What's going on, yeah? What's going on? Um, so this was Greg's game for the month of August. So I'm going to kick it to him so he can introduce the game. So I ended up picking this game this time because uh, I had played it maybe like three or four years ago and just kind of never finished it, been meaning to finish it, so figured it'd be a good time too. I guess that's how all these games end up getting on here anyway. It's just stuff that's always been on my pile of shame that I decided to get around to. So anyways, this is just another one of those joints. So um, a little bit about the game. So Hitman is a stealth-based game developed by IO Interactive. Um, They're based out of Copenhagen and were founded in September 1998 as a joint venture between them and a small studio named uh, Red Omoto. Um, IO Interactive has developed all the mainline Hitman games as well as several other titles uh, such as Freedom Fighters, the Kane and Lynch series, and Mini Ninjas. Uh, The series has been known for its open-ended stealth gameplay where players are put into the shoes of Agent 47 and are given task of disposing of a target and given multiple tools to complete that objective. Uh, the last Hitman game to be released before this one was in 2012, which was Hitman Absolution. Uh, among fans of the series, this saw a lot of mixed feelings due to removing some of the open-ended gameplay elements that previous titles had for a more linear approach. Uh, IO felt that the beginning that they were beginning to lose their core audience and decided for the next game, they would try to incorporate some of the elements of absolution with the open-ended levels of previous titles. Um, the idea behind the release of Hitman 2016 was it was supposed to be a digital platform, keeping the price of entry low and adding more content to the game as time goes on. Uh, the service was always online so they could feed new contracts and challenges while being able to see user statistics. Uh, players could opt in at the beginning to spend $60 total and have con- have all the content or buy-in at a lower price than upgrade once all the content was released. Uh, while the team was able to receive feedback and adjust current and future levels due to the episo- episodic nature of the game, uh, the release ended up uh, backfiring a bit. Uh, players were confused at what actually was included in Season 1 of Hitman, or uh, other players decided that they would just wait until all the content was available and then buy-in. Uh, because of the confusion, Hitman 2016 was unable to reach sales goals uh, Square Enix had set out for. And although the 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 game didn't hit the sales marks, uh, it was critically acclaimed for the detail and the size of the level and the sheer amount of thought put into the gameplay and was considered a return, a return to form uh, for the franchise. Okay, cool. Um, and I made a mistake. This is actually your game for the month of September. So, my bad. Um, All good. So, you said you had played this game previously a couple years ago. Had you played any of the previous Hitman? Yeah, so I had played Hitman 2, which was, I think, on the the PS2, and I played Blood Money. Those are the only other titles I had played before this. Okay. Did you did you have anybody in your in your life or any Hitman fans that you knew? Um... Yeah, I had a couple friends that were pretty big into Blood Money when that came out on 360, so yeah. Um, what about you, Trevor? Do you have any uh, experience either with this Hitman or with uh, previous franchises? Or no, Hitman this titles? is my introduction to the series right here. Okay. Um, I've never touched another Hitman game. Okay. I, um, 
I also, uh, so I never played another Hitman. I was aware of them. And I think I did see one of the movies. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Timothy Oliphant, I think yep. it was. Yeah. Um, but I did have a, a friend also that was really into, I want to say it was either Blood Money or Absolution. One of those two he was really into and was trying to get me to play. But I I, I just wasn't interested. Weren't, weren't these only on PS2, like the initial? Um. Uh... No, they so the first game was only on PC. Then I think Hitman Two was on PS2 and Xbox. Uh, Contracts was the next one. I think it was the same. And then Blood Money was the first one that I guess came into the next gen. I guess. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So this is this, and this was also kind of similar to you, uh, Greg, where this game has been on my like. I know I, I like I knew I was gonna like this game and it was just a matter of whenever I had time to play it. So I'm really glad that we were able to it popped up on the list for us to play because <laughs> like <laughs> I play a lot of the same games over and over again. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I mean I pretty much play like the same two, three games for like the past I don't know, four years now, so Yeah, so like having this podcast is a good opportunity to kinda like branch out and play some other things and like play things that we may have missed or things that it's like, I'm going to get to that when I have time, you know? Um, so yeah. Um, kind of, I guess I, since you guys have never played it to the older games to me compared to this, they felt like a lot more rigid. Like you just couldn't make mistakes at all. Like there's just no way, like the room for error is like so small, but like in this game, you definitely have like, a little bit more leeway, I guess. But, yeah, the old games are super hard, I think. I'm actually curious about Trevor's opinion because he's the one that is the anti-stealth. Not anti-stealth, but he's not a fan of stealth games. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, how, how did you feel about this game, Trevor? And, and what did you think about it? Uh, I was a little anxious going into it. And that was mostly... So I think my thing with stealth games is that... I don't like being in situations where as soon as you make a mistake, like all of a sudden a storm of bullets are just coming down on you. And that's what I was thinking was going to happen with this game. But there is a little bit of wiggle room if you do make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I guess um, when you talk about stealth games too, like what, what is it? What are the games that you're referring to? I know, like, Assassin's Creed is one of those games, but I thought you, you liked that franchise, Yeah, right? Assassin's Creed is one of my favorite franchises, so, ironically. So what's, a, what's a, a franchise or a title that you played where it was the opposite and, like, it kind of put you off on stealth games? Um, I think it was kind of... I think it's been more so games that aren't stealth games but have stealth elements. Um... I think another one, and I believe this one is a stealth game, but um, Sticks, I think that was the name of it. That sounds familiar. Um, I want to say it was like a, I don't think it was an indie game. But Did you play any, like, were you a fan of the um, uh, Splinter Cell franchise? No, um, those are only on... Um, which I don't know if no I don't I don't think I've ever touched any of those. Huh? Because I, I, that's the, that's the always like the, the the only really stealth franchise that I ever played, and I'd only played um, Chaos Theory, and Chaos Theory was super dope. 
Wait, I you never I... played Metal Gear? Who, me? Oh, either one of y'all, I guess. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> you already know I didn't. <laughs> no, I never got into Metal Gear. Wow. Um, the only Metal Gear game I've played is, is Revengeance. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. You know, It, it is? <laughs> Dang. I'm good. We need to have this conversation again. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I played a lot of Tom Clancy games. Never played Splinter Cell. Um, just because I knew that it was more stealth. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only other game I can think of is like Thief, but I think that was like kind of before our I did time. try Thief. And I didn't care for it. Gotcha, gotcha. I can't remember. Did you like this? Because Dishonor was pretty like stealth based. I right? did not care oh, yeah. too much for Dishonored. Okay, and and that's only because it was it was long. Fair enough. Like the the stealth sequences were too long. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'm glad that this game. It seems like you like this game, though. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I mean, we can get into the discussion. I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll talk about the parts that I do like. But I, as a stealth game, I do like what it what it offers. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things I, I, I believe Greg had mentioned that this had come out episodic, and so the game uh, was initially. Before I even start that, what did everybody play on? I played on PC. I played on PC. And I played on my Xbox One, but I tried out the streaming mm-hmm. on my PC. So, one of the things that I heard about with this game when I was doing a little bit of looking into it is when the game first launched, it was super buggy. In a, um, I think it came out March 2016, and a, and a lot of it, like, long loading times, um, The uh, there was, like, weird glitches where like an NPC was supposed to react to something one way but it never did or it, it just just I saw a lot of people uh, in reviews and like discussions that I saw about this game early on it was super buggy um, and I'm guessing I, I actually one of the um, re- reviews that I have up for Polygon the person updated the review as more and more um, chapters came out so it was like a running you know review of the game where they would just kind of just talk about gameplay stuff and like key points in the first chapter then two months later when the next chapter came out they'd update it and add you know this is what it's like now this is what it's like now or this is you know things like that uh so it was really kind of cool to see like um people coming back into this game and commenting on like the team uh io like getting better at creating levels and creating interesting set pieces as well as um like working on the game and putting like tangible like the in- engine stuff and just like in- like fixing stuff as as the game went on um yeah i appreciate that too because as you play through each mission it feels like each area is like handcrafted like they took their time in each area rather mm-hmm. than you having to go from one area um, in a chapter and then go into the next and it's either really similar or just doesn't even um, fit with the last chapter. Mm-hmm. So I, I like how it's segmented and each one feels like its own little world. I get the feeling like um, that the first two levels you kind of feel like <clears throat> that's like the those are like their first two, right? And it, to me it seems like 
the last set they got just way bigger and just way more like like thought out with uh how they designed those levels it's like like i so how far in, you beat the game right greg you played every yeah. single destination what about you trevor i'm actually on the very last level i watched the gameplay of it i got stuck on the i think it was the fifth the second to last chapter um uh, colorado oh okay okay um but I got to the last chapter, and so I just went on ahead and watched like the final cutscene. Gotcha, gotcha. I did not um, beat this game. I um, I didn't play the last two chapters or whatever, uh, so I didn't get to Colorado or I didn't get to the Hokkaido, the last one. But I played everything else up to there. Um, one you got to the- play Colorado. That I think that was like my favorite, my favorite area. Really. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I was dreading playing it based off some of the things that I had been reading about it because of what I had heard about it. So I kind of that's what prompted me to kind of like oh, I'll just play it after we didn't record the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, there's a good amount of variety in this game as far as levels and set pieces and everything. Um, but I guess we can start with talking about like what this game is like. And ideally, Greg, we can lean on you and your past hitman knowledge in order to kind of tell us if you if you remember um, any any of the differences. Yeah, because one of the things uh, I was curious about, um, I know the levels weren't as big, but was it all like one big like was it one level or was there loading screens as you were walking around? Because this is like one when you drop in on like that first level, Paris. You're in this huge mansion. You can go out, like you start outside. You can walk into the mansion. It's like three, I think, three stories. You can visit the grounds around it, and it's it's super dense with people. And I've heard about specific levels on previous Hitmen. Like I, I heard about the Mardi Gras. That's like a pretty iconic level. Yeah. Um, the Mardi Gras parade, and I was wondering if there was like maybe not as large, but as like. Full of characters, and <laughs> if that it, makes any sense, yeah, maybe like like you're saying that Mario Kart level is probably like the best, like close example. Like the the main one I even remember the like the the most out of is like Hitman Two, but even with that, like because it's an older game, it just didn't have that same amount of scale. And the other thing about the older games is uh, they're not as um, you know they don't they're not as dynamic with the like mission structure right usually like say for instance with this game you know you can go into it and then the opportunity presents itself right or you run across something and you're like oh well, I can do this to assassinate that you know this person or whatever whereas the old games it's just kind of like you have the you have what you need to do and you kind of just have to figure out how to get to it right there's no no like it doesn't really give you a clue as to what you need to do you kind of just have to try stuff and eventually you figure it out Okay, so like the this game was like a little bit. One of the things I noticed is a little bit more like handholdy. Yeah, yeah, but for unfortunately, sure. it got super overwhelming too. I don't know if you guys had any experiences with like. I know, especially when I first dropped in in this game, I'm like, you know, trying to get my bearings and trying to figure out, okay, what what button does what and everything, right? And then on top of that, you're getting like little like here's a piece of intel, here's an objective, and this thing, and I'm like, what do I need to be going towards? So like, what am like my goal is to kill this person, but like, 
what is the benefit of me getting this piece of intel or, or whatever? And like, it took me a, a it honestly, it took me a couple of hours to kind of like get into like how I would approach like a new mission or like taking somebody out. And um, once I like kind of figured that out, it made it a lot easier and more fun. But initially it was like super, super overwhelming. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Um, I can't remember like my first experience playing this version, but um, you know, like just playing it now for the podcast, like, uh, like I said, the, um, the opportunities are really kind of what helps you at least figure out what to do. Right. Like, cause you may not know exactly like, so, um, sometimes you just run across an opportunity just walking through the environment, but if you don't, you can just always pause the game and then go to an opportunity and then select it and it'll show you on the map, you know, where, where that is, but you may not know exactly what you need to do once you get there or whatever, but you know, at least that's one way it kind of help helps guide you. But I don't, I don't think they explicitly always tell you, Hey, you could go do this if you're lost or whatever. There, the opportunities seem almost like a double edged sword because on one hand, like Marcus said, they are kind of handholdy. This, this game is a lot more guided than I thought it would be. Um, yes, yes. It when when you like if you don't pick up an opportunity, you can kind of move you can kind of move through the level freely, and I guess make your your own path. But if you do pick it up, that's when it starts to become overwhelming for me because it it starts to give you objectives, and then it just becomes a okay now go to this marker, okay go to this marker now, and so it it changes the feel of the game. Because you have a lot more on your HUD than if you didn't go with the opportunities. I think, too, the other thing is, like, you... Once you have the breadcrumbs and you know where you need to go, you kind of, like, don't pay attention to anything else going mm-hmm. on around you. Yeah, and, exactly. And this game is super, like, pushing us as players to replay these levels. Because there's, like... like for a specific character that you have to take out for the mission, you can take it out, take that character out any number of ways. But but like usually they'll call out like here are five specific ways that you can take this character out to get some type of you know points or or like uh, clear uh, what do they call it a challenge. So like it sets like here are these ground uh, groundworks for these five different ways you can do it. And sometimes I'll read one, I'll be like huh, like, how will I do that? And sometimes they they have objectives that are catered towards allowing you to do that, and those don't feel as rewarding as the ones where you kind of like, okay, I've played this level a couple of different times, I know this character's path or route, and I'm going to, like, figure out how I can manipulate them to come over to interact with this thing so I can take them out this way. And those are super rewarding uh, for me, when um, it's like I figure something out by myself <laughs> without any handholding or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like I'm thinking, um, uh, I, my I played the crap out of this game, and um, I kept replaying and replaying uh, certain levels. And I know, like one, like I was thinking about, it and I was like, I wish they showed you the stats on like levels, and like I wish I could see how many times in my l- lifetime of playing this game. 
have I killed this one specific guard on Paris? <laughs> because it's like, no matter what I do, he's always on my route to, like, taking out these people. He's always in the right, the, the spot that, like, I need to take him out. So I've probably killed him, like, 30 times. And he's probably, like, by far the most killed person in my game. <laughs> Even more so than the targets. And um, I think it would be cool to um, to kind of view that information. And I, I think that once I get my bearings on uh, a couple of these levels, I'm going to start turning off the UI elements. Uh, that was one of the things I was reading in a, a lot of people's reviews, that especially the um, uh, people that I played previous Hitman, is they said that this game is a little bit more handholdy and like kind of babysitting, and they just kind of want to explore and find things on their own. Um, and so they turned all that stuff off, and it made it a more like traditional Hitman playing experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, for certain levels, like, for me, for Paris and uh, for Sapienza, I've played those levels enough times now that I know, like, the character's routes. And I know, like, oh, in order to get here, I need to be wearing this disguise. Or in order to get here, I need to have this item or, or things like that. So, like, I can kind of, I've internalized some of the, the knowledge that I need in order to play that level, like, f- freely now. And I, it's kind of backwards, too, because, like, I didn't start off playing the you know the original hitman so like i'm coming at it from the the casual gamer i guess like i'm the one that they catered like they made the easy mode for and now i'm like you know what i don't need this easy mode i'm gonna take the training wheels off (laughs) yeah and i think that's how they built that out or that was the intention right they i feel like they intended people to go through the first time and be like okay well your first time playing this just do the you know uh use these objectives you get a feel for like what you can do. Like you get, you basically get an idea of the rule set of the game, right? And then from there, you unlock, uh, you know, different starting points, different costumes, and stuff like that. So then you can experiment a little bit more after that. Mm-hmm. The um, there was one other question I had for you, Trevor. Um, the the other the other uh, I guess I have two more like. I guess complaints besides the babysitting is so I have the game of the year uh, version of this game. And so like, I have no idea what is in the base game and what was added later as DLC. So it's very like for me, this, this menu screen for this game is super convoluted and confusing. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea, like, how do I start this game? And that is, like, a really, like, kind of silly complaint, but, like, it, it was super, like, where do I go? What do I do? No, it's very valid. I had the same issue. And then, like, I didn't even know the game was episodic. So after I played the first mission, which was kind of like a tutorial mission, mm-hmm. I tried to go to the next one because I was thinking, okay, this is a, a linear game, so it's going to lead me, you know, right into the next chapter. But it kicks me back out to the menu. To replay. Right. <laughs> And yeah. I'm thinking, okay, I want to go to the next one. So I find the next one, I click on start, and it takes me to the Xbox Marketplace. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> do I not have this whole game? Because I think I got it when it was um, uh, on like the Games for Gold, mm-hmm. um, so I got it for free. Um, but yeah, I was like, do I have to buy the rest of the episodes now? Um, but luckily I already had them, so I had to download each one individually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you on the menu. Yeah, it's just, it's, it doesn't, there's, like, uh, like I think when you boot it up, you're at the Featured tab, which I don't really know, like, why, what it, about it is featured. The next one is called Destinations, and it's, like, 
the different, I guess you would say, chapters. But then the next tab says campaign, and it's like it's a completely different look. And then they have one that's contracts. So like I was like, okay, do I need to like assign a contract to like it, this is maybe me just not knowing how Hitman was because I was just like I I thought that I would go into Hitman and. Uh, uh, it's just like a campaign, but then when they had destinations, I was like, "Oh, is this like a training mode or like a, a way where I can kind of be in this world without?" And and that was kind of confusing. But there was one thing that I will say: I kind of wish they um, made it more apparent. But uh, there's like side missions for some of these levels, where instead of like like Paris, I think we had talked about it beforehand. But there's like these two specific uh, uh, a man and a woman in this mansion that you're supposed to assassinate. And um, I don't think there is any side missions. Uh, that was a bad example. Paris was a bad example. Sapienza, there was, uh, again, a man and a woman. There was a wealthy like tech guy, and then there was this uh, lady that was creating... She was a, a doctor or scientist that was creating this virus. And so you could kill them and that, that's the main mission but then what they they did a bonus mission i don't uh, one was a politician and so like it would kind of remix the level and basically start you off in a different section of the level with different things going on it's a little bit smaller like more intimate like, these levels are massive though so like you're still getting a decent chunk of the the level but it's like a different kind of like feel for the level and there's different npcs different like disguises so like the, the one that i really like for sapienza was this uh director that he was like hemorrhaging money while he was filming this uh, superhero movie where he used to plays the main character and so the studio like doesn't want to bail out this contract and own millions of dollars so instead you get hired to assassinate him and it's like he's blocked off parts of the streets to film this marvel-esque movie the superhero movie and oh oh yeah he's wearing a suit that happens to be bulletproof so you have to figure out a way to take him out and i really appreciated that it was like um it, it was especially helpful for me because these levels are so massive that there are completely like random parts of each level where i've probably never visited and so i liked when i when i would play a level i liked starting off doing a bonus mission uh, where I would kind of get like a more segmented part of the level to kind of get myself familiarized. So I had like a base or like a ground level to like start from as far as like this is the knowledge and I at least know the layout here so I know some of the hiding places and some of the corners and alleyways that I can kind of duck into before I play like a more overwhelming huge version of that level. That's an interesting way of going about it. Yeah, <laughs> I I had to like compartmentalize it because like there, this game is in a good way. It is very overwhelming, and um, it's overwhelming in like the sheer amount of things you can do, the sheer amount of uh, like variance in a, in a single level. It's it's overwhelming in how much information they're they're giving, shooting out at you at any given time, and then just the menu is overwhelming and like making sure that you're doing like the right thing. Um, there was a. Uh, was there anything else for the menu or anything, Trevor, that you wanted to call out? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was pretty much it. Just how convoluted the the menu is. Mm-hmm. Was um. So I got a question for you, Greg. Was the uh, 
like tutorial, like prologue levels, did, were those as fleshed out in the in, in previous games as it was in this one? Mm, not as fleshed out. I mean, they did give you an idea of like the structure of the game, um, and they kind of did it in similar ways too. They tried to like make it part of the story essentially, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's they give you an idea, but like the older games definitely were like the controls were pretty rough. Like you just, it felt like they were trying to put too many things on the controller. So it was like, and and it still feels like that a little bit sometimes with this game. I think like it's a little bit weird trying to, uh, uh, well, I guess there's not really times where you're in like heavy combat, but it definitely feels weird trying to drop things, uh, pick up things and like holster something. At least it feels kind of weird to me, but yeah, that was like one of the issues of the older games for sure. Like one of the things that I, I was, uh, not struggling with but I had issues with in the very beginning and then I kind of like got used to it was like when you walk into a room you open the door and then it's the same button to open and close the door so like when you walk through you have the option to close it and I would be hitting the button and nothing would happen and I'm like what the hell like nothing is happening and then some doors after a while they'll just automatically close on themselves Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. some will just stay wide open so like kind of getting used to like which ones are those ones because like oftentimes what would happen is I open up a, a, a door to go into a room there's somebody in there that I want to kill or like I need to like I want their uh, disguise or what they're wearing their uniform but I have to wait for the door to close <laughs> and it just felt very like a little bit stiff sometimes <laughs> yeah um so uh, what did you think of the story Trevor do you think it was like a uh, a good primer for you as far as like what you were getting yourself into. Yeah, I actually liked the tutorial, uh, the tutorials a lot more than the rest of the game, just because they kind of related it more, or it helped me relate it more to Watch Dogs. I don't know if you have played that series. I have not. Um, yeah, I haven't. But I got really into Watch Dogs, and it kind of felt like that. Um, whereas your you kind of have, you know, your own agency and your own mobility to, like, move around. Um, but you have kind of, like, control over things around you. Like, in order to cause a distraction, you can go and tamper with the with the light switch or a generator or something like that and kind of get people out of position in order to um, assassinate them or take their disguises. So I like those types of um like kind of management type things but um but yeah that's that's kind of like the tutorial i felt like really brought me into the game that's when i really started liking it and then when it got to the other chapters and it opened up that's when i was just like oh okay this is kind of like gta but with stealth <laughs> yeah i so i i i i like the uh the first level the boat and like when i played that it seemed like it seemed huge like which is stupid but it seemed like pretty big and i was like oh there's a lot to like kind of um to to absorb as far as like you know like what do i need to do like intel like there's these different people have different costumes like it was a really good way of like kind of showing you the hierarchy because like um you know it was like oh the the staff they work at the bottom of the ship and like 
you know, like, oh, it's the security guards and, like, the, the, the bodyguards are the ones that are on the top of the ship. And, like, uh, it was, like, a good way of, like, kind of showing you, like, because I think when you started, you weren't allowed to get on the boat. You had to, like, have the right outfit to even get on the boat, but there was yeah. another way where you could sneak around, and it, like, immediately kind of put you in the, like, okay, like, I need to look at, like, I may not have the right outfit in order to or disguise to advance at this particular part, but there has to be another way for me to get there if I can't find this costume. And um, so I really like that it put me in that mindset and like I was already trying to experiment. But the thing that I didn't like initially that I grew to enjoy was like how much it relied on you uh, remembering where locations where, where things were or also just exploring because, like, there were so many times where I was like, I just want to poison this dude's drink. But I didn't know, I didn't have the poison. Or I wanted to do this thing and I didn't have this specific item. And so, like, it really taught me, which is, like, obviously, like, this is how I play anyways. But it kind of uh, hammered home the point that you need to explore in this game. And you need to, like, know where things are. And I, I think when I was reading some of the reviews, that was something that uh, that wasn't in previous games, right, Greg? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so like this game, it kind of like I don't want to say forces you to look around, but like it because I'm assuming you have to do the same in the other games. But it's just like it, it, it makes you use more things in the environment. It felt like yeah, and it's. It's like each area in the maps have like their own, it's almost like a biome where you have to know which um, disguises work in that area. Um, And then you also have to be aware of, okay, when I'm in this area, there's like the the expert or the, the boss who knows all the staff. So if I do have on this costume or this disguise in this area, then that I have to watch out for that one person. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I definitely agree. Like you have to become well aware of like your surroundings in this game. And I and I really really did like that. <laughs> it was really like rewarding to like. I know if in, in order to get here, I need to have this costume or like this specific room because there was like times too where it was like, oh, I don't have the a lockpick or the crowbar in order to open this door. So sometimes it was like just a matter of, oh, if I was wearing this outfit, then I would automatically gain access to this place. Or, oh, I found this little key card or something and I can just swipe the key card or, or just things like that. And um, so like it, there, and there's like a certain knowledge that you have as you're progressing this game. And it's like almost kind of unfair too because it's like, I think all of these games, they have like the kind of like you said, Trevor is a biome and it's almost like a little class like hierarchy mm-hmm. where it's like, I already know that like the workers at whatever place I'm at are going to have certain uh, tools or items around them that I won't be able to find. Uh, they'll have better versions of that or whatever. So it's like whenever I was working or around the working class with the staff, like at the uh, the mansion or like at the hotel, I was like, there has to be a crowbar or a screwdriver around here. <laughs> but, 
but like that was not the case when you're you know dealing with the the high society people they're gonna have a lot more drinks that you can poison so it's like i need to find the poison with around the staff because i know they have poison and i gotta <laughs> and it, it was like a kind of funny too to think about uh, and i think this game is also actually funny too in some of the um things that it says and doesn't say and like some like um, the way they uh, um, uh, portray some of the characters and like some of the tendencies of these characters, it's like a, a funny game without being like in your face funny. It's like I, I don't know how to describe it. I think there's some charm to how awkward uh, Age of Forty Seven is too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, like like in Paris when he. I don't know if y'all um, got to the part where you can uh, disguise yourself as the model. Helmet yeah. Kruger. Oh my yeah. God! When he when he got on that catwalk <laughs> and he walked across and he got to the front and he hit that lean. <laughs> I was like, dang, he could really get into character. <laughs> I did not even do that one. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, one of my favorite ones was um, in. Um, uh, which level was it? Bangkok. So they had that um, that band member. Oh yeah. And so like you know you're trying to take out this uh, like this very wealthy uh, um, musician that's working on a second album with his band and his drummer. I guess his drummer had quit like a, a little bit before, so he is like hiring this drummer um, and that's used. For whatever reason, you resembled. So, like, once you get into uh, that character's costume, and then he's like, "All right, show me what you got." And then, like, I'm I'm playing the drums, and I'm just like killing it. And this guy was like, "Damn, I didn't know you had it like that." <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like it was so funny because it's just like you know, uh, it, it it was really it was really amusing because it's just like that's not something you ever see in like James Bond where he's like disguised as somebody and then also like. He's just like an expert at what everything he's disguised yeah. as. <laughs> That's never the case. And it was just funny that uh, uh, Agent Forty Seven. He's about that life. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys uh, want to get into like the, I guess, the mechanics and like the gameplay of the game? Yeah, sure. Yep. All right. So um, basically, when you start up a mission uh, or, or a destination you basically get some intel and like a little brief synopsis or about some character that you have to assassinate. And, um, you know, you have somebody narrating kind of saying, this is this person and this is what their role is. And this is why they're a terrible person. And this is, uh, who hired you to kill him. And, you know, like kind of just giving you like your, your, your briefing. And then you get dropped into a level and like oftentimes, or even before you get dropped into a level, you get like a little bit of a, um, what is it called? Um, I guess a plan or what, what is it called when you start a level where you get to kind of set your, your loadout? Oh, uh, yeah, you're planning, you're planning. Yeah. So you can kind of like, you get to kind of see like where you're going to start on the level. You get to go in with a gun, a concealed weapon you get to have two pieces of gear with you, and that can range from anything from, like, the fiber wire, like, that you, you normally see, like, this, I think that's, like, the iconic Agent 47 uh, tool, which is basically, like, he chokes somebody out with fiber wire and kills them. 
Um, but then you can like also swap it out for other things like a um, poison or coins or um, uh, a lockpick or just uh, different different tools that you may or may not need or things that you may like to use. And then you also can set like an item uh, that you want to smuggle onto the level to already have been there that you just have to get to that drop-off point in order to get that item too. And um, what they have on each level is they have like what they call like a mastery level. So you start at level one and it goes up to level 20 and there's like different challenges uh, for you to complete in a run that give you points and those points are basically experience and you need experience in order to level up your mastery on that particular level. And um, as you're leveling up um, on a level and like uh, making your mastery go higher, you get additional things specific to that level. Like you get more starting locations. You can get more uh, agency pickup locations. You get more costumes. You get more items like different types of weapons or upgraded versions of weapons. And from my understanding, too, is, like, when you unlock weapons or, like, items, those carry with you across uh, the different um, levels. So, um, I know for me, I got to, like, I, I, what I wanted to do was try to get Mastery Level 10 on a level before I would go to the next one. But it took me a long time to do that, so I... I um, uh, stopped doing that, but I was able to carry over items across different levels, and like it gets more ridiculous. Like the higher your mastery level gets, like I think one of the items I saw was an explosive rubber ducky, was like level twenty, <laughs> and then like yeah, they had a proximity explosive duck, and then they also had a remote one as well, like an, on another uh, level. So like it, it, what it does is it, it very much um, um, pr- promotes replaying and like trevor said too once you finish the level it doesn't even kick you out to the main the, the main screen in order to um start the next level it'll, it'll give you a score and it says replay uh back out or you can like replan for that level to like you know change your 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 scheme and your your plan so like this game super super uh, promotes replaying um is there anything i missed as far as like beginning a level Nah, that's it. Um, and then, yeah, so then when you start a level, like, for example, this first level, Paris, if you're starting it off for your first time, you're going to show up and you're you're outside on the red carpet walking in with all the everybody else. You're wearing a tux. But then maybe, you know, you get an, uh, enough mastery or whatever, then you can choose your location to be, oh, you're going to start in the basement as a cook. So when you boot up the level that time, you're going to be dressed as a cook. Or maybe another time, you're going to be dressed as a, a hairdresser or a, a makeup artist for the models. So you're going to be back in their area in a different part of the level. So it's like a really cool way of like, um, that the mastery level is a really cool way of like, um, giving you different feels so even though you're playing the level multiple times and killing the same people it's still adding that that variety and uh, variability that you need in a game that requires you to replay it over again yeah it kind of changes it up because when i was like after i would play a level and i think i told you all this like the way i played the game would was i would um play it and try to uh finish it myself and usually if I was in a level for more than an hour or whatever I felt was too long, I would then go and look up walkthroughs and see how other people may have done it and which opportunities um, they used to complete it. 
and um it really like i don't know it it when it when it gives you those those options like if you if you play the game multiple times or you play the level multiple times you start to remember like the different routes that guards take or, or different personnel like you need to take their disguises um so you kind of get used to that but when you use one of those um when when you use one of those masteries and you're able to change like where you start that creates a little bit more variation and so you you're kind of like starting in a different environment so you're not on that same timer as you would be like if you were starting the game or starting that level like from the very beginning without any of the mastery yeah so i know like for me um there was one on paris like they have um that lady's holding the the auction with the wealthy people Mm -hmm. and so like when you start the level off normally you start off outside and like you are pretty much like you can't go anywhere above the first floor and that normal costume but so like there's certain parts like you were saying where there's certain objectives where at this part into the level this event is going to happen and it may just be a one-time only thing so uh, one of the ones is there was a Sikh that was uh, he had a um, a room on the second floor, and I decided I'm going to start off as a hairdresser. So hairdressers they have the option to to be a, they could go upstairs, and or no I take that back they couldn't go upstairs but they started already in the mansion, and so like I was already able to like kind of bypass the beginning part of trying to even get into the back of the main floor in order to go start going upstairs. And then, like, I kill that guy that I, I talk about I always kill all the time. I take his costume, and then I have complete access to the second floor and can do anything I want on the second floor. And it just so happens that that Seek was on the second floor, so I could sneak into his room, take him out, dress up as him, and then I... It's funny, because, like, this game also does a really good job of explaining or showcasing like kind of, I want to say privilege is the word where it's like, uh, how security guards talk to you and treat you Mm -hmm. depending on how you're dressed or what you're disguised as. So like, if you go to a security guard as a normal patron or whatever, they're like, okay, I'm going to frisk you. And like, at that point you're, you're supposed to not have any, um, weapons on you weapons being like like uh um guns or anything like that like a a a letter opener for whatever reason is deemed as a lethal weapon but not a screwdriver i don't understand that (laughs) um so uh i was used to like having to drop all my my deadly items in order to get frisked and so like the very first time i was dressed up as the seek i was like okay i gotta drop this gun i gotta drop this gun i gotta throw this letter opener away all right cool i'm about to go upstairs and then there's like good afternoon your highness or something like that (laughs) they're waiting for you upstairs and i was like oh shoot i'm not even getting frisk and i ran back to pick up all my guns (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like oh okay cool so like that, that that is also going on too where it's like depending on your class level or like the the character you're disguised as you may not have to deal with security guards the same way um so there's that too and and, and like kind of what you said too trevor um you alluded to earlier where you know like if you're dressed as a security guard you know random security guards may not recognize you but the head security guard knows everybody on their staff 
So they're the ones that you have to avoid because they're going to be like, hey, you look suspicious or I don't remember seeing you or I don't know your face. And like that kind of raises your suspicion. And like um, with the uh, a lot of these one off, like the Helmet Krugers or that, that drummer that I was talking about or the Sikh, like the only people that recognize him are his their immediate bodyguards. So, like, you almost get free access to an entire level when you get, like, some of these more higher-profile people because mm-hmm. they can kind of do whatever they want. And that was, like, a really cool, um, uh, I guess, thing they included in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know, like, I feel like we did a good job of talking about a mission... Is there anything else we need to include on a mission, or we can like out, like get into the gameplay? I think that's it as far as uh, the structure of it. Did you all take advantage of like any of the smaller items? Like um, every now and then, there'd be like a random brick that you could pick up. Oh yeah, brick squad. <laughs> <laughs> or like you could grab the um, the fire extinguishers. I didn't use those too often. And most of any time I did pick something up, it would usually be something small to throw or whatever. Like, I mean, like a can or like, you know, every now and then you pick up wrenches to, you know, maybe interact with something later on or whatever. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I used the fire extinguishers and some of the other random things you can pick up. I didn't use anything that you couldn't conceal. So like the, the, the axes and the, like you said, the fire extinguishers, I never picked those up, but like, I straight up, there was, like, you were saying, like, when you were playing for an hour, like, like regularly, my play my play times would be, like, an hour and a half, two hours, my first time on a level, because I'm trying to absorb everything, mm-hmm. I'm exploring everything, I have, like, 40 things in my inventory, <laughs> <laughs> I just have so many things, and it's just, like, so funny that when I get frisked, it's like, okay, like, this dude has, like, seven wrenches, four bricks, a lockpick, a, a, a syringe with poison in it, uh, but he doesn't have a gun, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, it was funny because there, there was times, too, where it's like, oh, shoot, I thought I had this item, and I'm just, like, scrolling over, 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 and I scroll, like, 10, 15 times, and like, oh, here's the item that I needed for this particular thing. Um, but, yeah, like, now that I'm... I guess getting a better feel for the level and like not necessarily exploring as much because I kind of already have the route that I want to take. Now I'm like, okay, I'll drop this. I'll drop this. I don't need these things. And if I do, I know how to get back to this location in order to pick it back up. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I ran into when I was, I think it was Paris when I was just getting used to like the, the scale of each of the maps. But I would, um, I would get a disguise and whenever you pick up a disguise or whenever you like, I guess, change your disguise, your last disguise, whatever it was, stays in that spot. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to get, you know, that same disguise again, if you want to change back to that one, you either have to backtrack and figure out, okay, when did I change into this? Because the first few times I played through Paris, I was literally like trying to get every single disguise that there was like i wanted to be a makeup artist i wanted to be a um you know a chef i wanted to be a bartender you know i pretty much had every single disguise and then when i needed my suit back so i could go upstairs you were like where i was like dang i don't remember where i changed (laughs) out of it 
Yeah, that that happened to me a bunch too. And so I I, I stopped. Like the very first time I played a level, like I was like putting everything on. I want to try out this costume. I want to see what I can do with this costume. This costume. And then after I got a feel for like what I could and couldn't access, depending on how I was dressed, then it was like, okay, this particular playthrough, I'm going to focus on being a sh- uh, a chef, and I'm going to see what I can access and what I can't access. So on this particular playthrough, I'm going to um, play as a um, uh, a uh, gardener and see what I can and can't access. And you know, like that's kind of how I was trying to play after a while. And I'm assuming there's an achievement for it, because when I was watching some of the walkthroughs for different chapters, um, there was one guy who was saying, like, he would say at the beginning, you know, this isn't a walkthrough for completing it with the um, with the suit only. Oh, yeah. So there, I guess that's challenges. a challenge. Okay. Yeah, like, so did, did either of you guys play the harder, higher difficulty? No. No, no. So I played normal every time, but I'm, I was looking at, uh, this was... Uh, Another thing that, like, mastery you unlocked is, like, once you get to a um, certain mastery level, you unlock the professional difficulty. And what it says with the professional difficulty is that it would um, uh, it would remove the autosave feature, which oh, I yeah. took advantage of. So you only had one save that you could use on the professional uh, difficulty level. And then on top of that, it... it, it kind of, I guess, made the enemies more aware, or the, 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 the AI, it made them more uh, aware and less, um, I don't want to say dumb, but like less airheaded. <laughs> yeah, because you could kind of walk around, and even if you're in an area you're not supposed to be, or like in a costume that you know, they recognize, like, oh, there's something up with this, they give you a few seconds and like of, of like you can kind of get out the way and they won't like pursue it. But. Yeah, as long as you don't linger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one of the things that I saw somebody was saying was that um, with the uh, uh, I mean, I, I two things uh, on the normal difficulty, especially like my first time playing or my first couple times when I'm playing as a new character or new role, I have no idea what is and is not um good to wear or like okay to you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. so like. You know, I'm wearing this thing and I've crossed this imaginary barrier and now I'm being watched. And I'm like, like I didn't know. Like, let me turn back around. And so I'm wondering if I'm professional. It's like automatically they're like, hey, what you doing? And you they, got the wrong shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> and things like that. Because there was a couple of times where I'm like, I'm just not even sure where I can and can't interact with. And if there's nobody standing there, sometimes I'll just, like, open up a door. And next thing I know, I just have, like, the little arrows of, like, I'm in people's line of sight. So I'm like, oh, my bad. I I just went into the wrong room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I I, I don't know. Like, I I, I wanted to play professional, but I I wanted to play it on a level that I felt like I had a good feel on. I think Paris will probably be the first one that I play it on. and then, like you said too, Trevor, there's definitely challenges where um, uh, uh, not changing out of disguise, so wearing your suit the entire time. And there's also challenges of like not getting spotted, them not finding any bodies. If you got caught on camera, then you erase the camera footage. So um, there's like a uh, and, and like that was another thing that like I, I played six levels or like. If we if we're I played five levels and if we're including the side missions which are like remixes 
I played about seven levels, and only on two of them I know where the the camera equipment is to delete the the film. I only know on Sapienza, like if I play this particular bonus mission, I know where the camera stuff is, so I can like erase the footage of me on camera, and I know on uh, the, the main level for Sapienza. But all other levels, I was never able to find where the the um, recordings go. So like, I, like that would be something that I need to figure out if I wanted to play professional because I already know I'm going to get caught on camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I guess how would you guys describe your like play style? Like, were you guys more of a like kind of stealthy? Were you guys more run and gun? Like, how, how did you guys try to play? Uh, I pretty much played stealthy for the most part. I mean, it was, I mean, I, I wouldn't say like I was perfect by any means. Like I definitely would, uh, you know, sometimes you had to throw hands and, uh, <laughs> and try, try to make the best of it. But if it didn't work out after that, you know, I'd just reload. But yeah, for the most part, I played pretty stealthy. Um, okay. I... Did you, did you, um, when you say that you were like throwing hands and everything like that, um, like, so you would opt to like fight and then instead of running away and trying to like sometimes I would just to see if I could do it you oh, know yeah. just to be, yeah because like I might mess up something I'm like ah oh, well let me see if I can actually like make make I, the best out of this I sucked at the combat in this game <laughs> <laughs> I sucked at it like I was always getting beat up and everything and so like anytime I got spotted or anything like that I was like. I'm nope, nope, noping out of there and like trying to find a costume or something that I are like hiding out in like a little cubby <laughs> until like maybe they can't see me no more. And, and also another thing I tried to do was uh, only keep like fatalities down to just the people who I was required to kill. So I don't know if anybody else only <laughs> did that or if you were just like, I don't care if they're in the way, you know, they got to go. Yeah, I kind of played it like Assassin's Creed where I would try to get in and get out, um, do the assassination real quick, run past everybody. If they pursued me, I'd hide in the nearest bale of hay or, (laughs) you know, cubby hole. Um, And kind of like Greg, you know, if I'd leave no witnesses. (laughs) If they they see me, I'm sorry. (laughs) My condolences. Yeah, I I try I could not play that way. So like when I first was playing, I was killing everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like at first I was like, you know, like I'm gonna actually no the, yeah the, the first couple times I was playing I was killing everybody just because I was like this is kind of cool like <laughs> I don't care like I'm I'm gonna get you all and then it was like a couple hours in I realized oh you get a ranking after. I like. I think it was like I was eight hours into the game, and I realized that there was a ranking at the end because I had never got a, a, st- a single star <laughs> because I had killed so many. Like I think I think I told you the first time I played this game, it was like I played Paris for two hours and I killed like uh, no one hour and I killed seventy five people or something like that. So like my KD was ridiculous. And um, where did you hide the bodies? <laughs> like a lot of times, like you, you put two bodies in one uh, thing. So uh, the very first time. I played that level. I got up to the attic, and um, I got into a shootout with the two guys up there that had guns, 
And then it just, they kept throwing more and more guards at me. So, like, I would kill two people, three more guys would show up. So, by the end, I had killed, like, 30 people in that room. And it was funny because they, like, I was trying to figure out how to get to that lady who was on the top floor, or the floor underneath me. Mm -hmm. And anyways, her bodyguards brought her up there. And so, then I was able to, like, I killed, like, 30 people in there, including her. Because I guess that's maybe where, I'm guessing that's where the safe room is, is maybe the safe room is on the top floor. I didn't even think about that till just now. So like they were probably like taking her to the safe room, and um, yeah, I, I I got her up there, and that was the only time I was able ever able to to like see her outside of like her normal path. And like that was another thing I really liked about this game is that everybody has their route and routines that you have to learn, but they they can be influenced, I guess you could say. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so. Um, I'm trying to think if I had... Nah, I guess not. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I, I really, really dug this game. I, um, I think this is, hits the sweet spot for me as far as, um, the types of games that we've been playing for this podcast and, like, what you can and what the game allows you to do. And it's just, like, the, the, uh, opportunities are endless. So this was, like, this was catnip for me. I, I love this game. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to dig in with it. How do, how do you feel, Trevor? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it. I don't know. I don't think there's anything else to say. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, especially since I'm not used to playing as many stealth games. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I like being able to explore. Like I guess because of the way I was playing it, you know, I would kind of explore the map see where I could go with which disguises and um and because I like I initially thought with this game like before I knew it was going to be as guided as it is I thought like once you get a disguise you would keep getting disguises to get closer and closer to your target until you take them out but then Mm -hmm. you know when they show you the opportunities and how you can use those and then I watched walkthroughs online um, on YouTube um, to see how other people did it. And I mean, you can get really creative with some of the ways that you, um, take down your target. Like there's multiple opportunities, um, you know, to kill each target. Um, so I think that makes it even more enjoyable because it's not just giving like, giving you like this narrow mission to, to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there's, and like, just being able to replay stuff and like also like it, it's not just replaying um, for replaying sakes too because I, I really do appreciate the mastery stuff because it like gives you incentive to replay a level because like there are certain like like when I would start a level up I would I would go to the challenges and look at all the different like ways it says you can kill somebody and just to kind of like before I start a level just to get an idea of what to expect. And then I would go into the level and just kind of do whatever I felt like, knowing, like, these are the different ways you can kill these people. But then, like, having, like, being able to do those to get experience level to make the level even, like, not easier, but, like, give you a different flavor. Like, the way they built this game, I was all, like, they did a great job, in my opinion. Um, The one thing I I will say, though... um, this game is online only, and I heard that that mastery level and like all the stuff that I really like about it with 
like just the progress. You get no progress if you're playing this game offline. Hmm. And that's kind of that whack. Sounds shitty as hell. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you know, like you're not working towards anything when you're playing this game offline. So I don't know if that was something that they resolved for Hitman Two, but that sounds not ideal at all because like you you re- you remove the incentive for people wanting to replay something like they I mean obviously they want to see it to see it so like they're definitely those types of people but not being able to get any like upgrades or like like make the your opportunities easier sounds really crappy. Um, yeah. Um, did you guys have a, any other, uh, things that you wanted to call out? Or can I have some questions? The only thing I will say is, uh, to kind of add to the method on how you can take down your targets. I wish they did take more of the Assassin's Creed approach where they gave you your targets that you have to take down. And you could take them down in any way, but they give you bonus points for doing it in very specific ways. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, you have to play through the level first and then like go back and play it again in order to get bonus objectives. So I wish it was included like in your first playthrough, then that kind of gives you like a um, kind of a goal, like rather than just taking down, um, you know, the target any way I want to. Um, Maybe I can I can try to figure out how they want me to take down the target, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of um, I don't know because I didn't play through I didn't replay the levels after I beat them. Like, oh I, really? Yeah, I, I played through them, um, and if I was there too long, um, then I would you know look up different ways other people played it, and then I would restart it and then finish it. Hmm. But I didn't. I didn't replay levels multiple times or try to do bonus objectives. So I was going to say too, um, I didn't realize this until later on, but you can definitely, um, you don't have to, when you start up a level, you can um, go over to objectives and you can kind of like do the breadcrumb trail version uh, if you want to. Like when you first play the level the first time. Yeah. Oh. So like when I, when I played uh, Bangkok, um, I was moving around and I was like, I was not really having success, like doing my normal method of getting around on the level just because like I couldn't find any items. Um, so what I ended up doing was I just went over to objective and I had heard like a couple of people doing like, you, like, you know, when you hear an opportunity, uh, opportunity is revealed when you're overhearing two people talking about something that is some type of opportunity. Well, if you go over to objectives and you can just track one. And uh, you can kind of, like, get the waypoint breadcrumb version to kind of guide you. So I did that the very first time I played um, uh, Bangkok because I was, like, not having success. And I just wanted to have a couple of things be a couple of mastery levels in. So that way I had a little bit more starting area so I can kind of get my bearings on the level because I was not having any success. And that was one of the things that I noticed as I was playing this game too was that the levels were being built differently and um, uh, that was something that I don't think would have been as obvious if the game didn't wasn't um, episodic mm-hmm. and um, so I had wrote down um, the different 
the length of time in between uh when so like the 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 prologue or that that tutorial in Paris they were released March 2016 the next level was Sapienza was released April 2016 the next level Marrakesh was May 2016 the next level Bangkok was August so it was like a couple it was like three months later and then they did Colorado uh, September and then Hokkaido, which is the last level they did in October of 2016. So there was like three missions released back to back to back months. Then there was like a three month break. Uh, I think they were still releasing DLC at that time. I think like uh, bonus objectives. I remember something about some type of um, uh, what do they call the uh, elusive targets? Yeah, that's what it's called. The elusive targets, um, which I didn't do any of those. And then, um, then they released uh, the last three missions back to back to back months. But um, I think there's a clear divide, at least in the first three missions. Like I feel like Paris is very, very vertical level. Obviously, you're in like a four story mansion. Um, Sapienza is like it, it has a little bit of everything. It's really wide, a really wide level. But then there are different parts of it that have like multiple layers, like. Um, the, the underground bunker had, like, I think two or three levels to it. The house, uh, the mansion at Sapienza had multiple levels to it. And then Marrakesh, it was super, hor- like, horizontal, just, like, wide level. And I think that was probably, like, my least favorite level so far. Just because um, it was so spread out. And it seemed like if you were, like, you you had to, like... It was harder for me to do the exploring that I wanted to do because I felt like I was going to a specific part of the map where I would only see certain things, where I felt like everything on the previous two levels, it was a little uh, better job of, like, interspersed throughout the entire environment, where I felt like on Marrakesh, it started to, like, reveal, like, oh, I'm at this part of the level and I'm not going to see any of this other stuff, or I'm at this part of the level and I'm not going to see any of this other stuff, um... And then Bangkok, I think, was more like a... It was more like Paris, where you're like... Um, well, not necessarily the amount of people, but like in a five-story hotel complex kind of situation. And the thing that I heard about Colorado, which is why I was uh, holding off on playing it, Greg, was that uh, it was... Um, there was a lot of... Uh, I don't know what... I forgot the, the word they called it when they had the little dot over your your head. Yeah, it's like a it's a hostile area, so yeah, you start out yeah. automatically having to figure out how you want. At first, I was trying to go through that, just being with the costume they give you, like you know, just your normal clothes, and doing it like that's too hard because like you're literally just trying not to get caught, and it's like too many people around. So after a while, I end up just trying to uh, single out people and take. Uh, take outfits that I needed, but yeah, at first I was trying to do it that way, and it, it just wasn't working out. Yeah, and like what, what this thing says is the paramilitary training is very target dense, so it's full of witnesses, and seems so hell bent on throwing a wrench into every plan. Yep. <laughs> and then the last level, um, Hakado, is a medical facility, and they said it seems like a, a desert where it's like but it seems more like classic hitman and you're less likely to be able to like go into places with uh lethal weapons because there's so much security around there as well and so like both of them like throw like our curveballs on what they had done previously so i i really do appreciate that they 
tweak the formula as they were going on to get but like like I said, when I heard what I heard had heard about Colorado, I was just kind of like, "Ooh, this is going to be one of those ones that's going to take a lot of trial and error for me." And I didn't want to like half-ass it, start, and then not really get that far into it. So I, I was yeah. just like, I want to spend some time playing that to be able to before I like got a feel for it and you know started talking shit on it or something like that. The interesting thing about the final mission too is uh, you don't bring anything into the mission. Yeah, so like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just go in straight up, and you just got to figure it out once you once you get in there. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys have a favorite level? Mm, Colorado or the last one might be my favorite. Either one of those, I guess. But Colorado okay. was stressful. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of stressful. Does that one, does that one have the most targets? Yeah. Okay. That's got the most targets. That's the reason why I liked it. I mean, because I felt like there was one, it was like more tense, and then there was like a lot of targets and a lot of different ways about going about trying to get to them. So um, I think I appreciated that the most. I mean, yeah, it is stressful. And it's kind of annoying that there's, uh, you know, so many witnesses, but it's also kind of fun for that same reason, I think. Huh. Yeah, I didn't play it. I didn't know there was four targets. That's crazy. Just twice as many as other. Yeah, ones. that's why that one took me so long. Uh, what's your guys? Oh, and, uh, so what was your favorite, Trevor? Um, it's probably either Paris or um, um, uh, Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. Just because those two had like the funniest moments in them for me. Okay. Like in Paris, when you're on the the catwalk and and you hit that lean. <laughs> <laughs> what was the part of Marrakesh? Um, there was actually a part, and I got this in a walkthrough um, when I was trying to figure out how to take out one of the targets. But you can kick a toilet on um, huh. the general, <laughs> like the okay. like. In order to get there, you have to like these these two uh, guards or these two soldiers are talking shit about um, some of the leadership, and you go behind them and you turn on the intercom. And so it starts broadcasting oh, I that. Did that part, yeah. And, and he comes in and he he's looking like who's who's in here, you know, spreading these lies. And then he goes down there and starts chewing them out. And um, and above the room, like I guess it's like a dilapidated, a dilapidated bathroom. Mm-hmm. And um, like you can look down the hole at them, and there's like a toilet conveniently sitting there, and you just kick the toilet off of the edge, and it falls right on top of them. <laughs> Um, I think my favorite level is probably um, probably Sapienza, um, just because like that level was like so sprawling and like it started doing the uh, the, the side missions and so I really like that side mission um, uh, to kill the uh, the movie director. I really like that and um, um, just some of the kills and some of the items you get that were specific to that level. Like, did you guys use the... I didn't get to use it, uh, the him hitting it, but the, the explosive golf ball? No, nah. Mm-mm. Okay, so, like, if you go into your safe house, there's an explosive golf ball, and you can disguise as his uh, golf instructor, and you can put it on... I think you can put it on the tee and him hit it and it blow up <laughs> your target. But what I did is I was hiding on a rooftop and I threw the ball over the ed- like the edge of the roof as the guy was walking into the building 
and I killed him that way, and I really dug that. And then there was another one where um, they have like this like old kind of uh, like ancient uh, like fort stone structure that's like on an island, kind of uh, looking into the backyard of his little mansion. And he's in the backyard, like, doing practice swings with the golf coach. And they have ancient uh, cannons. Like, they have old cannons on the, uh, that, in that fort. And they have cannonballs there and gunpowder. So I was able to shoot a cannonball at him and kill him, <laughs> take him out that way. And that was really fun. And then just some of the, um, the different, uh, like, side, like, mission. Not side mission, but, like, side objectives. Where they have like that, um, where you have to destroy that virus on that level, mm-hmm. and uh, so you're like in an underground facility. You know they have like scientists and security guards, but then they also have dudes in like hazmat suits, and you can dress up as a hazmat suit. And then they have the normal like hiding somebody in like a a, a cabinet or something, but they also have these vats of uh, like acid that you can put people in. And there's one that uh, as dressed up as the hazmat person. If you, I think you put two or four people in in the acid and have it like the the uh, um, challenge is named Heisenberg or something like that <laughs> from Breaking Bad. Yeah, <laughs> so nice. I did that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just I, I really like the uh, there. There was one in that too. Like you can dress up as a plumber, and they have two plumbers in that entire level. One wears overalls with a green shirt and a green hat, and one wears overalls with a red shirt and a red hat. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's an achievement to knock out ten people with a lead pipe dressed as a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> so I was walking around trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just like a lot of silly things on that level. There was, um, yeah, a lot of silly different things in there. Um, so yeah, Sapienza was probably my least fa- or my favorite level. Uh, what was your guys' least favorite level? Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Mm. It's weird that I didn't like Colorado because it's almost like you're on a, not necessarily a military base, but there's a heavy... Military presence, right? Yeah. And it's the, kind of the same for... Which level was? It? I guess it was the um, the second tutorial level after you do the one on the boat. Yeah, the Russian uh, level. But that one, you know, they don't. It doesn't seem like as heightened of a security as the one in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to kill nearly as many targets. I think my least favorite. Like I, I if if I if you had asked me in the beginning of today, I would have said Bangkok. But I played. I've been playing that a bunch today, and I'm starting to like it. The thing I will say, like. <clears throat> I don't necessarily enjoy the level, but, like, I like the characters in the level. You know, like, I like, like you gotta kill this man bun rock star, rock, and rock star and his lawyer. Mm-hmm. And even, like, the, uh, I did the side mission, you have to kill these two, um, the, not the side mission, but the, um, the, the bonus mission is killing these two cultist leaders who basically are, like, really into, like, uh, uh, what do they call it, new age healing and all that stuff. And uh, so they have, like, they're having this really uh, big gathering, kind of convention-esque type thing for their their followers. And um, they're running, like, their, their classes, their yoga classes and meditating classes. And so, like, having to get dressed as <laughs> one of their followers and then, 
like taking them out was really fun. Um, so like the actual like day to day or like the the mission stuff was really fun, but the level layout I didn't like um, as much. And um, well, I guess the level is fine, but like Marrakesh is probably my least favorite because I didn't really think that that killing that general like his little area that that school was not that interesting to me. I don't really care for the level. Um, I did like the uh, the guy that's hit, hiding out. They had a protest. And, like, you have to sneak into the, the, the Swedish consulate, consulate to, like, get to the guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, the missions where you had to, um, I don't know if you guys did the one where you disguised as his um, masseuse. And you, you, yeah, yeah, I did that. <laughs> that that one. was pretty good. And then the, also I did the one where you disguised as a cameraman and then, like, um, you're filming him. And I don't have the item in order to, like, make the camera explode yet. So I did the other thing where you drop the moose on him to crush mm-hmm. him. <laughs> yeah so I, I would still say yeah Marrakesh is probably my least favorite level what about you Greg yeah I think Marrakesh just kind of going back with what you're saying about like taking out the general like I, I think the way that I ended up taking him out was just uh, you uh, you end up going into where they're holding a prisoner and you end up uh, stealing yeah that's what I did um, I don't I think there's another way you could take him out too but um but yeah, I ended up doing that. But yeah, it's like I just didn't like how segmented the level was. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it feels a little bit different in comparison to the rest of them. And it's crazy because like the the side mission for that level is um, it's two guys and they're um, meeting. Uh, but one is at the uh, what do you call the uh, hookah? He's at the hookah bar or like the hookah lounge that's in like the center of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot where the other guy is, but like the side mission for that level is so much, I think, more cool. And it's at nighttime. See, Marrakesh at nighttime, and like the nighttime environment of that level is so much more interesting than the daytime. Um, and it's just as packed too. So it's not like daytime has more people than like it's just as packed. The only thing that's different is they don't. I don't think you can get into the school or the um, the uh, the consulate, but like. Because they don't have that protest going on, but there's still like a ton of people there. Um, did you guys end up ever using any guns or like taking people out with weapons, like sniping them or like anything? No, but that is something that I want to try because there's like a challenge to complete a mission with your suit on and sniping the the uh, the targets. Mm-hmm. So I do. That is something I do want to try. Yeah, that was actually how I thought you were supposed to play the game. I felt like that's what. Uh, the older games started out as and then they definitely started diversifying it out a bit as far as like how you would go about taking taking people out I'm okay with that because <laughs> it, I, I prefer like the the accidental kills are my favorite way of killing people or like the, the ones that you made look like an accident those are my favorite yeah. way of killing people um, yeah and I, I honestly I, 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 I got into some shootouts accidentally but just kind of i just want to see and i don't it really wasn't um fun playing this game with the controller during shootouts and i was like when i first started playing this game i was like do i need to play keyboard and mouse or do i need to play controller and i like looked it up and one of the things somebody was saying was um is that uh keyboard and mouse is uh, a little bit more cumbersome but you have way more uh uh you're way more accurate and like have more control during gunfights, but then with the controller, like it's it's a little bit more smooth. 
but the gunfights are a little bit more rougher, and I, that was totally the the experience I had, where I was like, there would be times where I'm shooting like half a clip at beside the person and not at them, you know, and I just like I didn't understand, I um, I don't know, and I, I'm really thankful that the the throwing weapons they they locked on because I got a lot of kills by throwing weapons or throwing items at people. And if I had to aim that same way you guys do guns, <laughs> I would not have had a good time. Um, what was uh, your guys' favorite kill that you did? Mm, i trying to think. It may not even have been like a... a, a one that... Like a challenge when it could just be like some one-off thing or like some random thing that happens. For you too. Uh, on the last mission, you end up uh, you end up getting a disguise for a yoga teacher, and you take your target out on this little balcony, and you're just trying to do these yoga poses with them. <laughs> and as you're doing the yoga, like the uh, yoga exercises, they get closer and closer to the edge, and then eventually just push them off the edge. Which I thought was kind of pretty <laughs> pretty good. What about you, Trevor? So I actually didn't do this one, but I saw it, and it was where, um, let me see, I'm trying to figure out the name of the, the person, but basically rather than you finding the person and assassinating them, you go into this lab, and you open up this um, this unit, and there's like a, a an open heart, just like on a life support machine or something like that. And you basically take the heart out of it and you squeeze the heart and toss it in the trash can. Yeah, that's that's on the last... Yeah, that one was good too. I forgot, I forgot about that one, yeah. Um, I had a moment, like, this is... It wasn't even part of, like, the game or anything like that. Well, I guess it kind of was. But, like, I was on Paris and I was trying to track that lady and get, like, trying to figure out her route. And I could not, I didn't have the right disguise to, like, kind of get to her. So I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then I saw, like, a random pipe on the side of the building that I could climb. So I was like, bet. So I started climbing up the pipe. And then I'm hanging off underneath this balcony. And um, there's a guy there. And he has, like, a little dot over his head that he, if I get up, he's going to see me. So I'm like, okay, well, shoot. Like, what am I going to do? I was like, I could just keep, like, hanging on this 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 uh, ledge, this balcony, and wrap around the others, like, around the building. So I just was, like, going uh, around the building, just hanging off of it on the side. And then I get to the end, the edge, to go around the corner, and he sees me. And I'm like, holy crap. And then there's, like, the balcony that I'm under now has just, like, a bunch of people like just having drinks outside and they're just looking over the edge at me and he's like he's right here and they're like calling me out so I'm like shit like I need to like get up but like everybody sees me and I can't like just like let go so I start going the other way because I see that the guy um leaves his um uh his post and he's running to where I'm at so I'm like okay I, I climb up and I see there's like a um uh I don't know what do you call it like um, an outside heater and you can use one of the I think you can use the wrench to make it like basically leak gas because I'm like I'm going to get this dude if he starts shooting at me 
over here, it's going to catch him on fire, and I'm, I'm going to get his ass. <laughs> so I was like, I was trying to have him tracking me. So then, like, he sees me, and he comes over, but he doesn't shoot at me, and I'm like, I had already dropped down, and I was hanging on the ledge, and I'm like, man, like, I can't... Not only did I not get him to kill himself, but, like, I can't do anything. So I just kept going around the edge, and, like, everybody's, like, staring at me, and I just keep going, 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 and then I climb up in a secluded place, and there's nobody there. And then I'm just walking, walking. I'm like, okay, uh, I just need to like make sure that I'm not being followed. And the next thing I know, I just hear a um, good job, agent. Now, um, uh, yeah, now get to the exit. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And I just ran <laughs> to the end. I just like got out of the level. And then at the end, I saw that I had killed the lady by her blowing up herself using a cigarette. And I was nice. just like, what the hell? It was so random. <laughs> it's like I didn't even know how I killed her, and like it just said like, "Oh, accidental kill," and I got the. And I was like, "What the hell happened? Like, how did she accidentally die?" And yeah, that, that was my favorite. <laughs> um, what is your guys's most memorable disguise? I'm guessing for you, Trevor, it's Helmet Kruger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would say for me, it's that the drummer. Um, because uh, when you when you get on the drums and you just start killing it, uh, what's that <laughs> dude's name? His name is um, Abel da Silva, <laughs> and he's just, he's like wearing like he, he's he's bald. He has like one of those big wide brim hats on. Um, he's wearing like a, a floral uh, um, like Hawaiian shirt, but the sleeves are cut off. <laughs> And he's, he has, like, a man purse. <laughs> What's his name again? Abel Da Silva. He's the drummer. Oh. It was crazy how good he was at the drums. Bro. <laughs> right. It, actually, that level had another cool one. Uh, you got to uh, disguise yourself as the exterminator. And, like, um, I did... I did uh, um, you poured... You could pour poison into this vent... And it basically... Oh, yeah. Did you do that, okay. Greg? No, oh, I did it the first time I played this game. But, like, this time I didn't I didn't kill him that that, that way. Yeah, but, yeah. So, yeah. like, you pour poison into this, uh, like, air vent. And it blows it into this greenhouse that everybody is in. It's, like, the main lobby of this hotel. And everybody gets gassed and is, like, knocked out. And, like, my target, like, we were fumigating. The, the exterminators were fumigating. So they told this, like rock star hey you had to get out of your room we don't want you to like breathe in any of these fumes and you can just kind of just chill in the lobby area we're just gonna you know make sure that everything's on the up and up before you can go back in there and then i get the disguise as the exterminator and i fumigate or i put the the poison into the vents and gas the whole lobby of the hotel and then i just walk up to the dude i walked up to him with an axe because there's there was a challenge to like kill him with an axe and I hit X on him because I was like, I want to swing. And I just snapped his neck on him instead. I was so mad. But there was, <laughs> but there was a challenge to snap his neck too. So I got that challenge too instead. But I was just like, man, I wanted to swing this axe on him and kill him. Because I, like, I never use those like items that you can't, um, you can't uh, conceal. But yeah, I just snapped his neck instead. What about you, Greg? Um, I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, come back to me. You have any other one, Trevor, besides the Helmet Kruger? Um, actually, nah, now that I think about it, it, it would probably be the, the drummer. The drummer, the drummer yeah. yeah. The masseuse was cool. 
I, I like doing that. And same with the camera guy and dropping the moose on the guy. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, accidental kills were by far my favorite way of killing people. So, like, I, I need to figure out, like, more random ways to set those up. Because I, I definitely know that there's, uh, like, uh, videos of people just doing, like, ridiculous things and setting up these really hilarious kills. Um, let's see, Dad. I don't think I had any other any other questions. Um, would you guys play the second one? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll probably look for it on sale and, and give it a shot. Yeah, I actually um, I, was, I think I talked to Dante, but I think I have either Blood Money or and or Absolution on Xbox 360 with the games of gold, and I, I think I might go a little backwards and maybe try that out just after like I, I'm going to continue this is going to be one of those games that I'm going to keep playing um, but um, on the side or whatever but like maybe going back and playing Absolution or Blood Money and just seeing how those are different before I hop into Hitman 2 Cause, and from what I understand Hitman 2 levels are even better than Hitman 1 so I'm, I'm Super looking forward to it, and they, they did some things with the weapons too that I'm looking forward to seeing too. Yeah, I've heard the second one is better than the than the first one, so it's crazy um, to me. <laughs> I, I might check to see if I have it already. I can't promise that I'll go out and buy it and play it, mm-hmm. but if I already have it, like with this game, I didn't have to go out and buy it. I, I already had a copy of it. Um, but if it's the same for Hitman Two, then I'd give it a try. Um. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to say, too, is this This was the first game that I think I've ever played where maybe not the technical difficulties that they had, but, like, I really wish that I had played this game in the in the moment when it came out because how overwhelming everything was, like, having access to all these different levels. And, like, if I would have played this game in the episodic way where it's like, you know, I got this game in March and I only have access to Paris, then I could feel... I, I would feel so much better about extracting all the content on that level before I move forward. Um, that that was one of the things that I struggled with playing this game for our podcast was that I never felt like I was fully finished with the level, but I, I had to force myself to move on because I knew that I could like I, I think I, I think I have twenty five hours of like playtime on Steam, but like I think that a couple of that was when I was in a menu just like doing something for a few hours. So I think I played this game roughly about 20 hours, and I only got through the first five levels. No, excuse me, uh, first, yeah, five levels of this game. I didn't play the last two levels, and I know where, like, they have how many different challenges they have for these levels, and I, like, I, I didn't even get mastery 10 on any but one of these levels. And, like, just the way I am, I would have, like, played the shit out of Paris for a month. And then the next month, Sapienza would have came out. And I would have been, like, rubbing my hands like Birdman. Just, like, hey. Like, <laughs> you know? And, like, that that to me is the ideal way I would have played this game. So this is, like, the very first game that I've ever played where I'm, like, you know what? Like, I kind of wish that I had, like, had, like, this content gated from me. Because I would have played, played the mess out of these levels. Did you guys feel the same way or... Uh, I mean, I didn't necessarily feel that way, but yeah, I get where you, cause I still, I still had the, um, uh, the want to go back and be like, I was, I was moving on from each mission, but I still wanted to go back and like try out stuff in the other, in the previous mission. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, I can get how 
if it was like, you know, time gated and that, you know, you're waiting for it to come out, it gives you more time to just dig into it and, you know, kind of get you ready for when the next one comes out. Yeah, like I, I definitely like just just knowing how I am, like that that first level that we were talking about, Trevor, the facility. Like I I want to go back and play that, but I only played it like one time, and then I advanced forward. And like, had I played that a couple times just to get a, a feel for the game, I think I would have went into Paris with a better understanding. Like I I played I played Paris so many times. Um, I played that by far the most, but I barely did any challenges for that level, mostly because I was just like trying to understand how to play this game when I was playing that level. Yeah. And, yeah. I can see that. The only thing I have about being episodic is that there's really not, like, a cliffhanger, like, to the story. The story is not really there's, important. Yeah, there's not really a continuity. That's why I was confused when I found out that it was um, episodic. So I was like, huh, I wonder why they released it that way. Not to say that it's it's supposed to be like um you know, like an an episodic game, like um maybe like a telltale game or, or something of that mm-hmm. nature, but you know, I'm maybe cuz I'm just used to even with Oscar's Wrath, you know, we just talked about it last month. That one was episodic um because of the because of the story, but like this one for instance, it's episodic, but the story doesn't necessarily lend itself to being episodic. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like... Because I was thinking Kentucky Route Zero was also another episodic game we played. And, like... I don't know. It's just, like, because this there is no story, you're right. It doesn't lend itself to being, like, it, why is it episodic? But um, I feel like it gave them an opportunity to kind of, like, get feedback on people's... What they liked about a level... And then they could go ahead, like, especially, like, I feel like those last two levels, Colorado, like, having not played them, but having read about them, and what you guys have said about them, Colorado and Hokkaido are so different than um, the first levels. And so, like, and and like I told you, they had, like, a three-month gap uh, between when Bangkok came out in Marrakesh, so I could totally see them, like, done the first couple of levels, you know, Oh, it's not. We're not going to be able to put out Bangkok in time uh, for the next month, so we'll focus on doing some little smaller DLC things while we're working on that. And then they had an opportunity to get feedback, like just in real time, from what people and like the dialogue that was going on for this game. And then they probably that probably uh, informed how they went about this designing Colorado and Hokkaido. And I feel like that was something that was beneficial for them being episodic. The one thing, another thing that I saw somebody complaining about, and this was across reviews and Metacritic, was that this game uh, seemed a little bit short of content, which is crazy to, to say. Uh, they, they, the whole like, I spent sixty dollars for this thing, and I didn't like it's it's triple A price, but it didn't seem like it was like teeming with triple A content. I guess they they would say. And That's kind of weird to say, though, when you think about it. Because, like, if you look at how big the environments are, how much there is to do in it, um, even if you were just playing the campaign itself, I still think that's a lot within that. Because they give you multiple ways to go about, you know, taking out the targets. And, like, there's a lot to see in it, you know. I, I agree. But that was that was uh, across both Metacritic and some of the reviews I was reading that people were, were saying that, I didn't feel like I got $60 worth of video game. And I'm also, this is me saying this as someone that has game of the year, so I don't even know. Like, 
I'm not even sure what is the DLC in this game and what isn't because I have yeah, everything, I guess, so I don't know what <laughs> is new yeah, versus what is on the base game. It, it could have been a different state at launch or whatever. Right? Yeah, and yeah. Maybe people had that that feeling about it then. Yeah, and I and I didn't I didn't look close enough to see when those reviews were written because maybe they were written when there was no you know maybe they didn't have the DLC or you know things like that because like I said there there was a three month gap but they were releasing DLC and I'm not really sure how post release. Uh, for this game was I think I think the game of the year edition came out in January of 2017 I think is what I read so I think that was three months after they released Hokkaido but I don't know if they did any uh, deal I don't know if what the DLC situation was like before between October 2016 and January 2017 so I don't know it's just something that I read and I, I, I didn't experience that and I and I feel like they're like I said, I played 20 hours of this game, and I haven't even played the last two levels, and I'm itching to go back to the earlier levels. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad that I finally got to doing this uh, podcast so I can, like, go back to those levels and replay them without feeling guilty. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you guys want to say about Hitman? Any questions or? No, I think that's it. So, Trevor, great game, great experience? Great game, great experience. Okay, okay. Is this is this your favorite stealth game now? This is my only stealth game. No, besides like <laughs> Assassin's Creed, um, this is probably the only stealth game I've kind of played pretty much all the way through. You didn't play through all of Dishonored? No, that one I um I forgot where I stopped. But yeah, I didn't finish that one. You not going back to Dishonored? Mm. <laughs> it's asking for a lot. I've been playing a lot of Hades lately. Yeah. Oh gotcha. Uh what about you, Greg? Great game, great experience? Yeah, definitely great game, great experience. And yeah, I great game, great experience. This is mm, Top five. <laughs> it, well definitely top five. It's definitely top five of this year. This game is it might be my favorite game we play this year for now. <laughs> I see yeah. where you're going with that. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I will say that this. I feel like this year, like my, it's been the hardest to try to nail down my number one game because, like, I feel like every couple of months, like, there's something that is like jumping ahead of it. If that makes any sense, I don't know if you guys have ever had that experience where you're like. Oh, this is my favorite game we played this year. This is my favorite game. And then, like, a month or two months later, then it's like, oh, this is my favorite game. And then I've had it happen, like, four times this year. So, but, yeah, this this is this is definitely, it's definitely top five. It's definitely top five. Definitely top three, I would say. Um, but we played Oscar's Wrath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, eh? <laughs> um... Alright, well, our next game on the docket is Trevor's game for the month of uh, <clears throat> for the month of October. It is Dante's Inferno, so uh, check out that and you know play that along with us. We should get Dante um, on that one. We, <laughs> we can ask him. <laughs> um, I don't know if we do we even have a, a, a bonus cast planned? Yes. We do? Oh, Dante actually said in the chat, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's already played it. It's his own his own level of hell. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, so be on the lookout for next month's episode, uh, Dante's Inferno. Um, and then we have my game for uh, November, and then we have a guest game on, in December to close out the year. Um, we might try to knock out, I think we've knocked out four bonus casts this year so far. Yeah, we've got another one that we were planning, but I missed it when it was on sale. It was like super right. cheap. And I missed it, so I'm trying to see if it drops again. But if not, I'll just go ahead and pick it up. Okay, yeah. So we, we did four. Maybe we'll knock out a fifth one. But there's there's no rush, you know. It's COVID, so we, we got all the time. <laughs> um, well, if you like uh, if you like tuning into Miss Checkpoints to find out about hidden gems, cult classics, and indie games, then share us with your friends, family, and the not shitty subreddit communities you're in. Comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts, so we can appear higher in the leisure category. We enjoy doing this, and we enjoy hearing from you guys, so let us know what you want us to play, what you want um, to hear about, what you agree with, what you disagree with. Um, and yeah, uh, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet at Lyric Unsung. Where can people find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Facebook should be the same. Uh, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero instead of an O at the end. You can find me on Discord. Um, I will probably be either playing D&D or Marvel vs. Capcom 3 on Parsec. Uh, yeah, I'm getting back into Marvel, guys. It's... <laughs> 2020's been a wild year. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, with that, we're missed checkpoints, so we're out. Peace.